Hi, docs. Welcome to the EntreMD podcast, where it's all about helping amazing physicians just like you embrace entrepreneurship so you can have the freedom to live life and practice medicine on your terms. I'm your host, Dr. Una. Well, hello, hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of the EntreMD podcast. Um, this recording I'm actually doing right after we hosted the EntreMD Business School Business Makeover Mastermind, which is a live event we host once a year in April. And it really is an opportunity for us to go into the nuts and bolts of business. Like think of it like a mechanic going under the hood and, you know, doing a tune-up and a checkup and, you know, fixing things that are out of out of sync. And so that's what we do in the Business Makeover Mastermind. Very tactical, very impactful. And I'm filled with so much gratitude. It was such a beautiful experience for the doctors who came from all over the country. And um, I was really, really blown away. But on, you know, the event started on a Friday and on Thursday, I was driving down to the location because typically I'd go a day before to kind of get my head in the right space. But I was driving very scenic route, you know, nature, the trees, the lake and all of those things. And I started thinking about, you know, my process. One of the things we have to become good at is kind of downloading our IP, downloading our frameworks, the way we do things and things like that. And so I started downloading what exactly it was that I was going to do to make this a transformational event. Because when I host events, my intention is that events will be the best event I've ever hosted especially in terms of the transformation, right? Like they're the bells and the whistles, you know, the location was really nice, you know, and all these things. But I want to make sure that people walk away different. Like you came in one way, almost like it's a processing plant. You come in one way and you leave a completely different way. And so that's, you know, that's what I wanted. And so I started thinking about the things I was doing to pull that off. And so once I got into, I thought about that on the drive and then once I got into, into my room, you know, first of all, open up the windows. I had two balconies and, you know, both of them overlooking the lake. I was like, my goodness, this is just heaven. You know, so once I was done wing and iron and all of those things, I then sat down and wrote those 10 things. And I knew, I knew it was going to be our best one, but I hadn't experienced it yet. Right. Like in, in, in reality, in, in my imagination, I'd gone there multiple times, but and so I wrote, I wrote them all out and I put it in my backpack and I was like, okay, once I'm done with these events, because I have the story of the after of the event, I'm going to come record a podcast episode and share with you what I do to pull that off. And I mean, you can check it out on social media. If you look at the hashtag, hashtag EBS 23 or EBS, you know, business makeover mastermind, just EBS, you'll see a lot of posts from doctors who attended the event and talking about how they're leaving different. In fact, big shout out to Dr. Cindy Rubin because she said, I'm going to need to check in, you know, another, an extra bag because I need to check in this huge, big mindset shift that I, I acquired at the event. I paraphrase that a little bit, but that's the way she put it. I thought that was so, <laughs> so cool, but it was so transformational, so transformational. And I want you maybe doing an event. It may be an event for your business. And I want you to think about it because events are such a powerful thing to do as well. And so your private practice, you may be doing events. You can make these things up, right? It could be patient appreciation. We had done that in my practice. 
And, you know, I'm pediatric. So, of course, we had, you know, the bouncy house, all these things, you know, made it a big hula baloo, had them come. Remember, we are, you know, like I tell the doctors at the Entrepreneur Business School, right? Like we are the doctors building the most innovative, most impactful, and most profitable businesses. So the fact that nobody's done it before, it doesn't mean you can't do it, right? You can do an open house. You can do a grand reopening. You can do a patient appreciation. You can make up whatever you want to do, right? And so you can host events. If you're a coach, you can host events for your clients or people who are potential clients or your audience. Um, you can host retreats. There's so many things you can do. They can be virtual. They can be in-person. Our event was in-person, this specific one, but I do a lot of virtual events as well. So this is going to be super powerful for you if you're already doing events or you want to add this on. Okay. So let's go through those 10 things. And I'll, you know, so the first one is, you know, clearing up my schedule clearing up my schedule. And this doesn't have to be like 3000 years in advance. I just make sure the day before is one of those days where I don't have a to-do list. Like I can, and I I live by my to-do list, right? I'm a structured to-do list type of person in a way. And, and so I just don't have anything there. And so I'm free to kind of roam, free to be present, free to tap into my creativity, free to travel and attend the events in my imagination multiple times and come back and say, oh, maybe we should tweak this part, free to rest, really rest, free. Like I clear up my schedule so that at least 24 hours before the event, I'm doing nothing, like nothing. I'm just doing whatever I want to do. You know, so for me, that's really important because I know that once, you know, once it's like on your mark, set, go, I need to be on and in and people are traveling, you know, like from California and from Colorado and from New York and from Texas and from Virginia and all these places. And it will be such a disservice for me not to be at a hundred percent. Right. So I, I free it up, I free it up so I can be free to do whatever I want. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is I pay attention to my physical state, okay? And so what what that looks like for me, like it requires discipline for me to drink water. You can't tell anybody, um, but I'm not a water drinker. Like just, oh, I'm thirsty, walk to the fridge. Like that's not a thing I do. (laughs) I put it on my to-do list to drink water, but I make sure that, you know, I'm well hydrated I'm eating well, so I have my protein, I have my fruits and veggies, I'm not doing any junk food, fast food, any of those things. I'm getting the exercise in, so my energy level is up. I'm taking the, you know, like I'm staying out in nature for me, right? And so that could be in the sun, just feeling the sun in my skin, in nature, walking where there are a lot of trees and things like that, just so that, you know, my physical state is where it needs to be. I do those things because... In my mind has a six pack, right? Like it's so well developed and done a lot of work there and, and all of that. But if my physical body is not in top shape, it can hinder everything I've done with my mind, right? Like, so is this container that I have to take care of if I'm going to perform optimally? Okay. So I pay attention to that. That's number two. Number three, I make sure I'm in top mental state, right? And so for me, because I think so much mental rest is part of it, right? So I disconnect from the constant brainstorming, mindstorming, troubleshooting, you know, imagining, you know, like I kind of give my mind space to just be. (laughs) So I do the mental rest. I do the mental declutter. Um, Part of that is creating that break where I have 24 hours off, but where it's just not cluttered. It's in a open, free kind of space. Like think about it like this beautiful showroom, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's all clean. There's no clutter. There's no paper, papers everywhere, none of that stuff. And I also do a lot of meditation. And so I, I do a lot of that to make sure. And, you know, there, there are different types of meditation. And for me, you know, just to be clear, as a person of faith, I'm really just sitting on, you know, what the Bible says about the works of my hands and things like that. So I have that thing of my success is inevitable right like that that's that's the predominant thought that i'm walking around with so so a lot of meditation on that so i so i do that those, those are the things i do to kind of get my mind in the in the right place okay the fourth thing i do i've alluded to it a bit is is visualization and so i attend every session so i show up this is how we're going to open the event this is what's going to happen in session 1 this is what we're going to do to drive drive the message home these are the kind of breakthroughs this can create this is what you know then we'll have this break for lunch at lunch i'm going to be doing this and then session 2 like i travel and i attend the entire event entire. And I do this multiple times. And every time I do it, I'm like looking, is there something unclear? Is there something that won't give me the outcome I want? Is that, you know, like, so I'm kind of thinking about all of those things, but walking through it. Okay. So I would do that. I would do that multiple times. So the time when I attend an event, I've probably attended like an event I host, I probably attended that event seven, eight, nine, ten times before the event actually happens. Right. The beautiful thing is I still get, I'm still curious, like how exactly will this play out? Because it doesn't matter what you plan, you know, what ends up happening is always so much more beautiful. Right. And so like this event, um, I was telling some of the doctors, I said, this is the, this, like, we've had some really phenomenal events. We put on phenomenal events, very transformational events. But with this specific event, I walked away feeling like that people just got breakthroughs from the beginning to the end. They had so many mindset shifts. And when I'm talking mindset shifts, it's mindset shifts of, huh, I'm not an imposter. Like somebody got up and said that and like chills, like everybody, even the person building a $7 million business, everybody is doing it afraid. Everybody has ups and downs. Every Like, oh my goodness, I'm not an imposter. Like I need to think about then what happens because you now think that, right? Someone who's like, I'm afraid to bring on a team, like a full team. Um, and they're like, wow. Like, yeah, of course I can do this. Those, these are breaks that are directly going to translate to quantum leaps in their businesses, right? And so all of these things were happening. But beyond that, I felt full. Like I can have events where I've given a lot. I'm really grateful and all of that honor to be part of the, the process. But this time I left feeling fulfilled, like my cup had been filled. I have never, ex and that's not to say I don't enjoy the events. It's, it's very different. It felt like I am right smack in the middle of my, my purpose and I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and watching all those transformations happen. It's like, this is why I'm here. And, and so many of the doctors were so kind to walk up to me and say, this is what is going on. This is the change this has created. Someone even walked up and said, you know, you taught us this thing and my dad is running a private practice and I told him some of these things and he's implementing them in his business. Her dad is in his seventies. And, you know, what's not happening in my marriage? What's happening with my kids? 
we're even looking towards, look, we're looking at second generation EBS. Like people like my daughter is getting ready to get into med school and she wants to be an EBS when she graduates. Like, so it was just so filling for me. So I say that to say, you're, you're not going to know what will happen. But when you visualize it, you're in a position to you do your best job and then what happens, happens, you know? So yeah. So visualization, I attended many, many, many times. Okay, so that's number four. Number five it is I curate the event intentionally. There's no part of the event that is like, yeah, we'll wing that part or what will be, will be. I don't do that because I am like a pilot. I'm trying to take people to a specific direction, um, a specific destination. And there's I'm not leaving anything to chance. So every session is planned, not just curriculum, right? Not throwing content at the people, but it's planned to, to create a transformation. <laughs> it, it, it's planned to create an outcome. So even the things that look like random bathroom breaks and random networking opportunities or random switcher tables, everything is intentional. It's all designed to take everybody to an outcome. Right. So there's a there's an intentionality about it. Okay. So that's number five. Number six is debriefing the team. And so I talk with my team constantly. This is the vision. This is the outcome we want the doctors to to get. This is how it's a win for them. This is how it's a win for Entree MD. And so we're constantly going over that. You know, and, and I'm like, this is the plan. This is what we're going doing in this section. This is where you're doing this section. Checking in with my team. I'm delegating to you. Are you delegating to the people under you? And we usually have a number of volunteers. Have you made out of list of what the, you know, the things that they're going to do? Are you resting? Are you eating? Are you like, so that the team can perform at their highest capacity and they know what the vision is because my team is an extension of me. So I can do all this thinking and brainstorming and mindstorming and all of those things. But if I don't come to them to communicate what that is, they can't represent me, right? And so I debrief the team. We talk like before the event, sometimes I attend the event with them, right? Like this is what's going to happen this session, that session, that's it. What's confusing? What's this? What's that? So that process of attending the events, we attended. <laughs> Tended together. Okay. All right. So seven, number seven, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. This is the hardest for me because I need you to think about it. Doctors in the EntreMD business school, some of them in about two months will be coming on their fourth year. And so, and these are people that I bleed for. These are people that I think about a lot. These are people that I create stuff. I just, I just want them to win. I just want them to win. And we've done all of this stuff virtually. So when we are in a space, I just want to give them hugs. I want to root for them. I want to look them in the eye and tell them I believe in you. And I'm so proud of you. And, you know, and so the first boundary is boundaries around energy. So in third, I told you like the day before the event, I would already be on location and I would see pictures that they've posted. Sometimes, now EBS, when we show up in an event, we're the loudest people ever, like so loud. <laughs> and so sometimes I would hear them and I would see them. I just look at them from my room. I would really go want to talk with them and do dinner with them and all of that. But I know that if I start pouring out the day before the event starts, it's hard to stay on the entire, the, the entire event. Now, remember, I'm an introvert. And so I understand that I should draw strength from solitude. So I can be on and I mean, 
I talked to every single person who came, some people multiple times, right? And so I'm not showing up like, oh, I'm an introvert. I don't talk to people. No, that's not happening. But I know that if I start that early, showing up, engaging, pouring, all of that, and I'm like the hundred percent or like when I show up, I show up. I know if I do that, I'm going to run out of steam. I know that. And so that's one of the hardest things for me, but I, I do it because I need to be at a hundred percent, right? I need to be at a hundred percent for the event. So Thursdays, I don't show up to engage and all of those things, you know, but again, it's a discipline that is worth it if I want them to have a transformational experience. It also means after the session, I can stay, I can chit chat for maybe 30 minutes, an hour, but after that I have to go, you know, I have to go and, you know, just focus on, sometimes it's just resting. Sometimes it's thinking about the following day. It, it doesn't matter what it is, but I understand I have to create boundaries around my energy, right? And I know that the longer the event, the more diligent I have to be with it. So the make the Makeover Mastermind is typically a two-day event, but it's it's almost all of the two days, right? And then the vision retreat, which we do in October, which is where we said, you know, goals. And it, that's, I mean, it's such a phenomenal event. That's a three day. So with that, it's even more important, right? And so, so I, I, I build boundaries around that. I build boundaries around things not going according to plan. Right. And so if things are not going according to plan, I can choose to get bent out of shape or I could choose to say, you know what, this event is going to be our best one yet. The people are going to live with all these transformations. It doesn't matter what happens. Right. And that's typically the attitude that I will go with. And so, you know, one of the things that happened when we when we got there is the room that we had picked out for, you know, for us to have lunch, which I think was overlooking the water and all these kind of things. They had given it to another party if you can imagine that. <laughs> okay. And so here they are like, oh, you're going to be in this conference room, like no windows, all like just like a regular conference room. And so I turned to the lady. I was like, well, we wouldn't have come here if that, like, I'm not going to put a group of doctors who have been in, you know, like in a meeting all day in another meeting room to do lunch. Like that is absolutely not happening. So I need to go take a look at what you can do about this. And if you're not able to get us the room that we had asked for, then I want to know what your alternatives are. And she's like, well, let me just see first. No, I said, no, but I want you to see. And I also want you to be thinking about what your alternative is, because this right here, this is not working for me. This is not going to happen. Right. And I wasn't rude. I didn't raise my voice. I didn't do anything. I was just really matter of fact. I needed to her to be very clear that we were not going to be in that room. And so once she, we we're done and she left, I turned to my team. I'm like, don't be fooled by anything you see. This is going to be our best event yet. We're just going to play hardball so they don't think that we're okay with this, but this is not an issue, <laughs> right? And because I wanted them to understand that they would not say, oh, doctor is upset. What are we going to do? But I'm like, I'm not upset. <laughs> I'm not upset. Oh, well, even if for some reason they had nothing else and we had to eat here, we will wing it. We will figure it out and this will work. And so that's a boundary around things not working according to plan. They, like all of those things you can't, I couldn't afford to let it get to me. Because ain't nobody got time for that. Like I'm trying to create a transformative experience for my people, right? The energy to be upset and bent out of shape. And how could they? And who do I need to talk to? Do I get a lawyer? Like I don't. I don't have energy for all of that, right? And so, so boundaries. Okay. 
boundaries. Number eight is mindful leadership. And mindful leadership is really about the willingness to create, to curate this thing intentionally, and also flexible enough to respond to the room, right? And so that's being in the moment, looking at the needs of your people, looking where it seems, looking at where it seems they're getting lost, look at the hangups they're saying. When you start getting feedback, you're listening for, are there any themes here that I need to address, right? And so that that way, you're not so bent on delivering your curriculum that you don't respond and make sure you get people the help they need, right? So I was not set on the curriculum. I was not set on the order of events. I was set on the transformation. Okay, so there are some places where I'm like, hmm, it looks like we might need to talk about this a little. And I can adapt because I'm not set on delivering content. I am set on delivering a transformation, right? Now, the more you visualize and attend the event and do it with your team and all of that, the less you'll need to course correct on the fly, but you do need to be willing to course correct. Okay, so that's how, and that's the reason why. I rest. That's the reason why I do all the things to show up a hundred percent and completely present so I can respond to what is happening. My goal is to get people wins, right? Okay. So that's number eight. Number nine is gathering feedback the entire time, right? So when you're having conversations with the people, gathering feedback, when you're having, when, you know, when people are coming up to share what breakthroughs they've had or, or, you know, like wins and stuff, you're, you're, you're paying attention to that. You give them surveys, you're paying attention to that. You're paying attention to all the feedback because again, the, the whole thing about business, business has nothing to do with us. The more mature you get as an entrepreneur, the more you realize this. It has nothing to do with us per se. It's all about our people, right? So I'm there for them. I'm there to help them win. I'm there to help them get breakthroughs. I'm there to help them realize what has been holding them back in their businesses so they can move past it. I'm I'm there for all of that, okay? So for me, gathering the feedback is important. Otherwise I'm creating a vacuum. I'm creating what I like. I'm creating what I think is important. No. Um, One of the things we did was, you know, like if you could only accomplish one thing in this event, what would that be? Right? That was a question we asked before they came, which is so critical because you can get a feel. Like it doesn't matter what you call the event or why you think you're there. Why are they there? Right? And then you'll see themes and you'll see, maybe we had no, no plans of, you know, addressing this at all, or maybe you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So gathering feedback. So we did a lot of, a lot of that, like in session, before the meeting, after the meeting, all of those kind of things. And the 10th thing is really to plan to enjoy it. I was, there's no way I was not enjoying that event. I knew I was going to work hard. I knew I was going to give a lot. I knew, I mean, like I gave a lot, you know, I, I, I left it all out there. I did everything I could, I could, everything I knew to do to create wins for my people, but but I planned to enjoy it. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the location. I enjoyed the interaction with the people. I enjoyed serving them. I enjoyed the food. I enjoyed taking pictures. I enjoyed all of it. 
because it's one life, right? There's no arrival. And so why would I give up two days of my life and not enjoy it, right? So I planned to enjoy it and I did enjoy it. And it was a really, really good event. I cannot wait for the vision retreat, um, which will be happening in October. That's that's when, you know, I start my year in October. So that's kind of um, when it will be happening. So yeah, so I, I wrote all these down and I said, I'll wait till I'm done with the event and I'll say, okay, this is what we did, past tense. But this is this is what I did. This is what I did to prepare for it. And I can say that it worked and it worked really, really, really well, really, really well. So for you, I mean, you know, you're you're planning to do an event and things like that. There's one thing about throwing an event. There's something about curating a transformative experience and I want you to decide that the next time you're doing that, whether it's in person or whether it's virtual, that you're going to take it up a notch um, and really, really serve in a way that's um, congruent with who you are as a physician, as somebody who loves to help people. Okay. And I can't wait for you to, you know, maybe send me a PM or DM and say, oh my goodness, Dr. Una, you cannot imagine, you will not imagine what happened with my event. I'll be like, of course, I, of course, of course I could believe it. Tell me all about it. I'm rooting for you a thousand percent. I'm rooting for physicians. I love physicians and, you know, yeah. <laughs> Go do it. Okay. I want you to share this episode with the doctors in your life. They will thank you for it. And if you're somebody who's been thinking about the EntreMD Business School, you're like, oh my goodness, I would love to be in that room. Then come join us. Okay. It's EntreMD.com forward slash business. If you're like, I want to, you know, talk to somebody about it, EntreMD.com forward slash call. We're happy to walk you through it and help you make that decision. And I will see you on the next episode of the EntreMD podcast. Hey, if you love listening to the EntreMD podcast, I want to invite you to join EntreMD On Demand. It is my signature subscription program that gives you access to a library of business courses designed to help you do one thing as a physician entrepreneur, and that is to thrive. Just head out to EntreMD.com forward slash on demand, and I'd love to have you join us. See you on the inside.